The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. The current Israel-Hamas pause is nearing its end as talks continue. Ed Baxter with that story and more from San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, we're not getting a lot of information out of it either, Brian. Negotiators from Qatar and the U.S. are pressing for the agreement to extend. Israel's demanding all the remaining hostages be released. And U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says continuing the ceasefire may be the way to get that done. It's continuation by definition, means that more hostages would be coming home, more assistance uh, would be getting in. So clearly, that's something we want. Uh, and I believe it's also something that, uh, that Israel wants. Now, more hostages were freed today, and the hope is they're still for a second release before the deadline, but it is bittersweet for some. Shani Siegel was released earlier. Her cousin talks about her response. We were ecstatic, but the, the joy only lasts a few minutes because then you realize she was released without her husband. Yeah, Hamas has not released any men as of yet, so we'll hope for words soon about that ceasefire. And in the U.S. Senate, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer spent about 45 minutes on the floor talking about the spike in anti-Semitism in the United States. Many of those marching here in the U.S. do not have any evil intent. But when Jewish people hear chants like from the river to the sea, a founding slogan of Hamas, a terrorist group that is not shy about their goal to eradicate the Jewish people in Israel and around the globe. We are alarmed. He says this goes way beyond legitimate debate about Israeli policy into a very dark place. Ukraine, NATO Ukraine Council in Brussels today, renewed call for continued aid for Ukraine from Secretary of State Blinken. Some are questioning whether the United States and other NATO allies should continue to stand with Ukraine as we enter the second winter of Putin's brutality. Uh, But the answer here today at NATO is clear and it's unwavering. We must and we will continue to support Ukraine. The scheduling of the vote for George Santos' expulsion needs to be done by tomorrow under terms of the resolution, but House Speaker Mike Johnson, well, it doesn't sound a whole lot like it. I think the vote will be Friday. That's all I'm going to say about it. Friday. But the resolution says tomorrow... Now, earlier in the day... I personally have real reservations about doing this. I, I'm, I'm concerned about a precedent that may be set for that. Um, so we're, everybody's working through that, and we'll see how they vote tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, we'll see where it goes. Santos has scheduled a news conference for early morning at the Capitol tomorrow. Um, the Taiwan's president, Tsai Ing-wen, says she believes China is uh, too consumed by domestic, economic, and political problems to invade Taiwan. This even as uh, uh, Beijing ramps up military pressure. And as uh, Google has struck a deal with the Canadian government over contentious law that would force pay for news, it would avert the news block schedule for next month. And I was uh, searching here a story just up on the uh, Bloomberg terminal. Elon Musk says advertisers that have stopped spending on the platform due to his endorsement of anti-Semitic posts can F-word themselves. He says what it's going to do is kill the company. 
Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. And we tackle now some of the top business stories of the hour. Well, U.S. Treasuries rose on trader bets that the Fed will cut interest rates in the first half of 2024. Two Fed officials made the case for continuing to hold interest rates steady. Let's run through some of these now. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester said that policy is well positioned for the Fed to be nimble and respond appropriately to incoming economic data. And Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic said he's growing increasingly confident that inflation is firmly on a downward path. However, Richmond Fed Chief Thomas Barkin told CNBC he is not yet convinced. I think you want to have the option of doing more on rates. And I guess the bigger point is uh, there's no precision uh, that anyone can point to at exactly what is the level of rates that exactly handles inflation in exactly the way you want to handle it. And so you're constantly trying to adjust on the fly as you learn more about the economy, as you learn more about the um, uh, impact of demand uh, on inflation. And that's what we're learning as we go. Thomas Barkin there on CNBC. Fed officials meet next December 12th and 13th. We're hearing two health insurance giants are in merger talks, Bloomberg's Ann Cates reports. Cigna and Humana are working on a potential cash and stock combination that would create a giant in the health insurance industry. The two would become a powerful challenger to United Health and CVS Health. The move would also shrink the number of publicly traded national health insurers from six to five and give the Cigna Humana entity more leverage in negotiating with hospitals or Medicare. The tie-up would likely face antitrust hurdles. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. Interesting, Paul, that both stocks went down. You don't often see that in one of these merger-type stories. Uh, Cigna was down 8% for the session, and Humana was down 5.5%. Well, shares of General Motors jumped more than 9% after the automaker announced it would boost its dividend by 33%. GM also said it would repurchase $10 billion of shares. The carmaker is returning billions to investors despite a push into electric vehicles. That push has yet to show significant results. The buyback also comes despite a new labor agreement with the United Auto Workers that adds more than $9 billion in expenses. GM CEO Mary Barra says the agreement was the right call. When you look at the, the suite of benefits that our represented team members have, it's a very, uh, very appropriate package and frankly leading from an industry perspective broader than just the auto industry. So I think we did the right thing to, to recognize and reward the hard work of our manufacturing team members uh, across the board. GM CEO Mary Barra. Separately, the United Auto Workers Union is launching an aggressive campaign to unionize 13 non-union automakers. They include Toyota, Volkswagen, and also Tesla. The union is hoping to capitalize on recent contract victories with the big three automakers in Detroit. 
Salesforce gave a profit forecast for the current quarter that topped analyst estimates. We've got the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pallet. It shows strong momentum in the software giant's cost-cutting campaign. The San Francisco-based company said earnings, excluding some items, will be about $2.26 a share in the period ending in January. Analysts on average projected $2.17. It said revenue will be from $9.18 billion to $9.23 billion. That compares with analysts' average estimate of $9.22 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg Radio. Saudi Arabia is getting more involved in diplomatic efforts around the Israel-Hamas war. We hear the kingdom is offering to invest more in Iran, its traditional adversary, if Iran would keep its proxies out of the fight. We get more from Bloomberg's Sam Dogger. I've been speaking to a number of experts, and and they told me that for for Iran, Hamas is uh, less important than the others, particularly Hezbollah, which is... um, the pillar, so to speak, of this whole uh, forward defense strategy of of Iran in the region. So Iran is very careful not to provoke a wider uh, conflict in which Hezbollah would be enmeshed. It's not clear yet uh, how Iran might respond to the Saudi offer. China's PMIs for November are likely to show the manufacturing sector extending its contraction. Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann has more from Hong Kong. The consensus in a Bloomberg survey of economists is for a mild pickup in manufacturing. The economists pegged the index at 49.8, indicating the sector remains in contraction. Early and leading indicators point to some softening in production. Meantime, in the non-manufacturing sector, economists suggest the index will pick up to 50.9 from 50.6 in October. But Bloomberg Economics expects the index to decelerate further. That's likely to do with the extended slump in the property sector and cooling tourism-related businesses after the October holiday. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. Twelve minutes now past the hour. Joining us is Edward Harrison, Bloomberg team leader for the America's FX and Rates uh, team. And he's with us here live on the show. Edward, thank you for joining us. I want to revisit a sort of non-consensus call uh, in the marketplace that the hard part is over on inflation, that actually the last mile of disinflation won't actually be that hard. Goldman Sachs made that point a couple of weeks back. I'm not sure that many buy into it. Do you? You know, um, I would say that I'm on the other side of that, but there Mm. are some people, uh, Bill Ackman in particular, who are talking about this uh, very much. In particular, Bill Ackman, who was very vocal about this in the David Rubenstein interview that he just did here on Bloomberg, he said that the Fed, concerned about the real rate of interest, that is, you know, the nominal rate minus inflation, will eventually see, very quickly actually, in the beginning of 2024, that they're too tight because inflation has fallen so much. Mm. We're still well outside the target band, though, so uh, you know, higher for longer, something we keep thinking about. Is the market getting a bit ahead of itself in terms of when it's anticipating easing? I would say it is getting ahead of itself in terms of when it's anticipating easing. And in part, this is due to the uncertainty involved in where we are. Because if you think in the last three cycles, we've had 500 basis points or more of cuts, and then there's the potential that we have a soft landing. How do you hedge 
uh, you know, zero cuts versus 500, you, you come out somewhere in between. But to the degree that uh, you think that there is the possibility of a recession, then it, it's likely to be uh, coming in, in a very short period of time, say, uh, 2024, and that's why we're seeing th- this bidding up of, uh, of cuts uh, coming forward. I wonder if there's a little bit of Goldilocks uh, in some of the retail um, activity that we've seen here of late with uh, Black Friday and, and, and Cyber Monday in that you have discerning consumers, you have ret- retailers that to make their numbers, the numbers were good, but to make those numbers, they did have to offer di- uh, discounts. And uh, it wasn't like rampant, but they were definitely there. And to me, that indicates that companies uh, find that they cannot continue raising prices, uh, that, uh, that consumers are becoming more discerning. They really are. And it is amazing what will happen when you give a 50% discount, how many people will come and buy your, your, your products. The question, but I mean, it does have some, it does have some implications for uh, inflation coming down, doesn't it? it? It definitely does. I think that it shows that at, at a minimum on the good side of things that we've seen the peak. And then the question now becomes the sticky part, i.e. the, the services part. That's where the, the real tough nut to crack is. The question, is is how sticky is inflation uh, on the services side of, of the ba- of the ledger and how much of that uh, will satisfy the Fed before they start cutting. I think that the, the, the market is a little bit ahead of itself in ter- if we don't have a recession in terms of expecting any cuts in the near term. Even uh, Bostic of the Atlanta Fed, who's one of the more dovish members, isn't talking about this. But um, nonetheless, I think that's where the, the, the sticky wicket is. We have seen a pretty impressive decline in yields uh, this week. The uh, U.S. dollar weakening as well. Uh, you're an FX and rates guy. Uh, how much further are these going to fall? Yeah, I think that on the, the long end of the curve, it's very difficult to go much further from here. We're at about 425. Now, when you look at the Fed funds, the top end of the, the range is 550. So that's 125 basis points differential there that you're giving up. Certainly, you're locking in uh, 425, and you, you rue the fact that you didn't lock in 5%, and that's a very nice coupon to clip. But the reality is, is is that you are giving up 125 basis points by moving all the way out there. So the question then becomes, how much more can these yields go down, given that we're firmly anchored at 5.5% on the upper end of the Fed funds? Yeah, quite interesting to note that the short end falling a little faster now than the long end. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, one other issue that hasn't been talked about too much is, is China exporting deflation now? Yeah, that, 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 that is a good question. Uh, I would say that um, a, a corollary of that question is whether or not China has matters less in the sense that other Asian countries are now uh, uh, picking up the baton from China and that what we're seeing in terms of China and their exportation of deflation is offset by uh, you know a pickup in demand in other countries within Asia, in particular Japan, which has done relatively well uh, 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 for the first time in a very long time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. 
You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.